five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Home podcast, your premier podcast for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant. I am Chris at Lightforce, joining you for episode 100 virtually with Sam at another Sam Shannon, Omni at Omnistrife. Welcome, gentlemen. Our podcast is now officially a centenarian. Is that like the term, right? Centenarian, that's right. Yeah, I think to celebrate, we, we've decided to talk about uh, and celebrate the new NBA season. Okay, it's Talk not about 2021 out. Oh, okay. That's right. It is the, the new NBA season tonight. Yeah, it just started. Okay, so like I always – then I had a preseason because I swear I've seen games on the TV. <laughs> Their offseason was like a month and a half, really. <laughs> it's what normal people call a weekend. <laughs> the uh, NHL starts up soon. Overwatch League starts up in uh, July or whenever the heck it is. Mm-hmm. We still don't actually have a, a specific date, uh, but we've got some things happening um, that will take place in 2021. We'll talk about that. But yeah, no, back to that uh, that note, we are at episode 100, which some have pointed out to me, well, wait a minute, haven't you already had more than 100 episodes? I've never counted any of the bonus shows we've done. So like if we come and share an episode like on a weekend or we uh, share an unscheduled episode, you know, like Omni and I did when the Vancouver Titans broke the veil of science to. He didn't pay us for those. No, that's uh, that's the bottom (laughs) line. Those are extra. That's right. It legitimately, I pay you very little to begin with. And that's right. I demand your time for free for the bonus stuff. Dang that other duties line in the, in the job listing. Yeah. Yeah, so, hey, I'm not the one who signed the the name on the contract. I mean, I I gave you plenty of time to read it. Never mind the you know proverbial gun to uh, your no, head. No, I don't even read the show notes. Nobody read reads those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You just it's just a checkbox, and you click next. Of course. Yeah, like like how many people actually read those like Apple iTunes terms and agreements? Oh, the EOLA, EOLA. I don't I don't know what it's called. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the the companies that take it to the next level where they try to, you know, force you by making you at least scroll down to the bottom yeah. before you can click next. Yeah. That's Try as hard. much as reading. I scroll down. I am officially a lawyer. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about uh, some additions and subtractions that have taken place in uh, the world of the Toronto Defiant. I got some news with both teams. Uh, it has been a year, and I've got some thoughts I'd like to share to the RSP community before we dive into the fray where we're going to talk about uh, a number of different additions happening throughout the league, a team that's on the move, some changes in the game, and uh, news on that upgraded version of Overwatch that is known as Overwatch 2. So, without further ado, let's start pushing that payload. Moving the payload! Join me! I want to say it was, like, the same day the last episode came out, or maybe it was a couple days after. I Such a blur, because we're recording every couple of weeks. But the Toronto Defiant added an additional player in, I think it's Naist, or Naist, although we were debating before we clicked record, is it uh, NA first? Yeah, because he's NA from number Korea. One. Yeah, because he's from Korea. I assume that's true. 
Yeah. And a first from Korea. Uh, it was a, an interesting addition in so much that there were a fair number of people um, who were believing that he was going to be uh, the player that would be announced. And then there was an equal number of people like, no way will that happen. Mm. Really? Um, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit about another team uh, later on in the show. And I kind of feel with that the changes that we've seen the Toronto Defiant make, that there could be some potential uh, readjustment that might happen down the road. Why? Because they also, very late in the game or off-season, which arguably is still early, they cut Baroy. And this one was really odd from a timing perspective because most teams have made decisions like this much earlier on. And you had have to consider that Baroy has been involved with the Defiant when it comes to tryouts, when it comes to recruitment, when it comes to uh, interviewing, and was just recently on CAA Overwatch uh, with an interview where he was talking about the upcoming season. So to see his departure in Toronto... Uh, and then the addition of former Vancouver Titans, uh, Coach Yang Wan, um, gives me some thought that there's more going on. To, again, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But uh, if you had been following along on Twitter or happened to be an RSP cord, you'll also note that while Baroy had said, you know, it was a tough you know, way to, to leave, wish you all the best, I'm now LFT, uh, his agent is former GM, defined GM, uh, Jay, Another uh, agent, um, suffice to say, called the Defiant out for what they said was a a move of bad faith. Ooh, shots fired. Well, you know, I don't know if both tweets are up there. So uh, Dave Bench had actually tweeted like, um, it was almost like a positive tweet. And then two minutes later, like a negative sarcastic tweet. Which then had me wondering, was he trying to be sarcastic in the first one and it missed the mark? Because it was like, oh, you know, GG is all the best. And then the next one was um, GG easy. So, yeah, we don't know what we don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a weird timing for sure. I think he's also like the, their longest tenured uh, staff member, right? Or well, probably on the team side. Yeah, like, I mean, the professional side of the, the Overwatch side. He's been there since um, the inaugural season for the Defiant. He's the, the big brains of the operation. He came up with the Winston's Lab thing, I think. Yeah, he was one of the yeah um, you know key components of Winston's Lab. Right. Which arguably, you know, died the moment he left it. So maybe True. Winston's Lab <laughs> comes back now. I, I don't oh. know. Yeah, it's it's easy to counter Winston with like a Reaper, and uh, he's gone. Now, as far as the Defiant uh, adding and subtracting, uh, they also made an announcement uh, as to the monthly Defiant Community Hero, and they awarded it to Chibi. And if you know uh, Chibi or you're in a Defiant Court, uh, again, another well-deserving uh, uh, honor. She is integral to that the success of that community it's something that we talk about you know often on the podcast how community is important but she actually shared in sort of a, a tweet something i thought that was very compelling let me sort of read it verbatim the toronto defined community is one of the biggest reasons why i keep going especially during these tough times to continue to spread love happiness and positivity amongst everyone you all deserve love hope and care thank you for choosing me to be your community hero 
The Toronto Defiant community is something onto itself. And I mean that in the positive sense. They are functionally driving this organization forward. They do things for themselves. And the organization embraces it. Case in point, they have, I don't know if it's happened or it's upcoming, but they've had them in the past. There's a movie night. They've had game nights. They've had uh, a defiant uh, Minecraft server. These are all these things that they are doing under the guy, you know, guise of being a, a community, but also team centric opportunity to, to embrace the community, which in contrast to what you see in Vancouver, um, hasn't been something that's been happening too much. Now I will add an asterisk to that. Vancouver seems to be starting to come around to this concept, but it's not the community that's driving it here in Vancouver. It's now the team feeling that it needs to do all of that work. And it's unfortunate because I think the Vancouver Titans are just continuing to miss an opportunity to help or have the community help it move forward. Much like the defiant have done it. It's, you know, different obviously approaches but the way the toronto defiant are going about it makes just much more sense at least in my humble podcast opinion i agree it does feel a bit more synergetic there where uh the two things kind of help each other out instead of uh taking turns (laughs) well and and that's the thing like you you look at the events that they've hosted um, most of these these events have been community driven. Uh, their Overwatch events have been community driven. Like the Defiant allow the community and embrace these ideas. I can't tell you the last time I actually heard from anyone from the Titans. Actually, I can. It was when they were failing to get people interested in their um, community tournament to uh, potentially play the Titans. Mm-hmm. That was the last time they actually reached out and their request was, you know, can you help pump it up for us? Well, it's hard to pump up an event that you yourselves aren't really invested in, in, in pumping up. So it's just a, a wildly different experience. Did that show match happen? I don't know. I would think if it happened, we would have heard about it. Like I remember at the time, one of the running jokes was who might you be playing? And then the second joke was, wouldn't it be something if in that show match, the Vancouver Titans actually lost? Yeah. The question still valid. <laughs> uh, you know, we ha- there is more of a roster in Vancouver, so maybe that question isn't as uh, loudly asked. But yeah, I don't know if the show match has happened. I, I just think if it had, we would have heard something. I couldn't participate, so I don't think there was a risk of the Vancouver Titans losing in any way. Well, I, mean, I also passed, right? I gave you guys yeah, a spot. So that's it. Like, <laughs> But on sort of that note, the Vancouver Titans are hosting sort of community-focused nights. They had uh, uh, some Q&A sessions with both the, the new additions to the roster as well as the uh, existing uh, roster. They hosted a, a community game night where people were able to sign up and play um, in sort of some arcade style matches. I think Shredlock was in, involved based on some of the con- conversation I saw. Uh, both teams are running contests and giveaways. It's interesting that the Defiant are running sort of contests and giveaways, but also very easily are giving away uh, cop- PC copies of Overwatch and tokens. 
Whereas on the Titan side, they have contest giveaways, but then sponsorship activations. And like go into Circle K and buy some iced tea and you know, this is how you would get it. Like you again sort of goes back to this this point that we were talking about earlier. One that wants to empower the community and another that seems to want to take from it. And at the end of the day, it's a business, I understand. It's it just feels very transactional. The last thing uh, we wanted to touch on in the payload, at least specifically to the teams, is that uh, while there is the possibility that between now and obviously the start of the season, we'll see more, more players added, the Vancouver Titans are still short one. Presuming the January Hort date is maintained, the Vancouver Titans need a seventh player by then to meet the league minimum. As we know, the Overwatch League rules are written on a napkin that sometimes gets left at the Sonic that it was written at. But if that date does hold true, there needs to be a, a signature on a piece of paper at some point. So let's look at the calendar. Is it possible that an announcement would occur over the next couple of days? It's possible. Could it happen over the course of the next week? Equally possible. But considering how this sort of period of time tends to function, uh, we think about from a business sense, there is arguably only two or three business days left before Jan 4. Hmm. So I, I find it so odd that it comes right down to the wire. We'll get into this in the fray. The Titans aren't the only team in this position. It just seems that if you were going to have a minimum roster, you would think something would have been in place by now. Yeah. I mean, the latest you can wait for is until like the announcer says that uh, the opposing team is about to attack your point. If <laughs> they join in that time period, I think we're quite safe. But jokes aside, uh, it's also a challenge because uh, we, we need a player at, in flex DPS and it's a super important spot with a lot of contention. Uh, like I'm, that's probably the reason why we couldn't get agilities and he ended up going to another team. I do think that there are better flex DPS out there still available. Like Nico is one, for example, in my opinion, he's better than agilities. And I wish like we could sign that guy or even probably contenders players who have potentially a higher ceiling. Who mm -hmm. knows really? Yeah. But I think, I think you brought up two points here. That's kind of weird. Like the, the deadlines in what, a week, two weeks. I, I, days don't really mean much these days, so I, I can't count. Um, but when's the season starting? Like between Spring. now, between now and when the season starts, like I don't know. Are people going to drop out and retire again, and teams are going to be resigning it? Like you know, so many things can happen. So I don't know. I think it's kind of weird. Well, this is this sort of goes back to the league is having some weird timelines like the, the gen four date made sense when you had a season that would start as previous seasons have, then they come out and say, well, no, we're actually going to start in the spring. And while that, okay, makes sense. You have, you know, BlizzCon line, there's the potential of a, an updated game or engine and all of this. Okay, cool. But would you not have adjusted the date then? And if you did, and you didn't tell anyone, why would you not tell your fans? Like it, I, I'm going to use Major League Soccer as an example. One of the running jokes with Major League Soccer is that when the rules become a problem, the league creatively finds a way 
to use an eraser to fix it. So an example is how they, they run a, a very strict salary cap. And when teams start running into problems with the cap, instead of forcing the teams to fit players within it, they're like, oh, well, we're going to introduce this new concept called um, general allocation money. And then, oh, wait, we need another type of allocation money, one that's specific for young players. And, oh, we need another one that's temporary and not general. And it, it's like, at what point in time do you not just con- presume you have a cap or you don't? Well, the Overwatch League is kind of like that. Like, I'm not saying that there is a cap. Maybe there is, but it's just that it feels like it's such a league in flux and nothing's wrong with it. They're still new. They can experiment. It's just, if you're going to experiment, why not just embrace that? Declare this as an experiment. Here's what we're trying to find out. Heck, maybe Owl needs its own experimental patch. <laughs> I feel like the, the, the weekend. I feel like Owl is an experimental patch. Yeah, a bunch of <laughs> what we saw was uh, pretty experimental. You want to push it <laughs> on another level? True, true. I mean, pandemic aside, like, yeah, this past year was crazy, but, but you know what I mean? Like it... Yeah. In one instance, it's like we're a professional league, we're doing it this way. And in another instance, we're a professional league that's going to do it that way. And they seem to be opposed to each other. Yeah. Esports. Like they could solve everything by just putting owl bracket beta. <laughs> right? And we'd be like, not giving them the harness. Like, yeah, they're still in beta. Like, whatever. Right? <laughs> True. You know what? Actually, that, if they had said out oh, brackets beta, you're right. I, it would be like, oh, they're just a beta testing the concept of esport. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. totally. It happens fine. But uh, that is it. That's sort of all that's happening in the world of Titans and the Defiant. Uh, we're going to take ourselves a quick break here, and then uh, give you my RSP year in review thoughts. There is still more to my tale. When we kicked off the calendar, our 2020 podcast season, so to speak, we started off as a Vancouver Titans podcast that had come off of a tough sort of holiday season. Uh, And thinking back, because it feels like it's been an eon, the Vancouver Titans as an organization had gone radio silent. It was really surreal. They had lost a grand final to the San Francisco Shock. Um... Obviously, that stung, but then the team simply went quiet. It's as if they they had nothing else to do and simply let fans such as us just do our own thing. That was the first of uh, the RSP TED Talks, uh, which, as most people know, came from me and a tweet storm. That prompted the Titans to to speak up. And then we started to see some progress for a very short period of time. Uh, They brought in Anthony Morocco as a Hink director of operations, though at some point Twitter updated him to be their general manager. And there's some, you know, weirdness about that. We then were asked to, to, by the team to, to sit down. Uh, We sat down with Alfred, talked about uh, the off season. They had started to run a, a training camp in Korea. He had gone there and uh, with Andante to, um, or not Andante, sorry. Who am I thinking of? Translator. Um, Who's still on Liquid Media. June? June, yeah. 
Um, he and June went there and then they got that set up. Uh, he talked about how they were going to have a sort of a team facility and they were going to use this concept to differentiate what that concept was, was Adamus Esports, and then having the team operate out of the Fortius Center. Whether or not that was going to be the long-term solution, we obviously don't know. Uh, season kicks off. Titans look a little bit different. They have Fisher, they have Rujeon, and next thing you know, the pandemic strikes. And the Titans themselves go through a period of uh, silence. Now, we know that the silence was probably self-imposed simply because they were exploding. And eventually, what came out of that was an entirely new roster, Anthony Morocco no longer being with the organization, an entirely new director of operations brought in in, in Justin, new coaching staff, new players, uh, a team that had now been you know, pieced together on ping to compete back in NA, having had the old roster go back to Korea only for a couple of matches that they lost. And it was definitely tough as a Vancouver Titans fan to see this all happen. Now, we as a podcast had also been starting to embrace an evolution of our own. One of the things that we had talked about during that offseason was the possibility of expanding our focus across Canada. And the reason why was very simple. The Toronto Defiant as an organization had embraced us. They actually talked to us. They would quote unquote return phone calls. <laughs> and it seemed odd that we would not work with a team that wanted to work with us while continue to, you know, bang our head against the wall to work with a team that didn't seem to want to work with us. And so having expanded our coverage, I think we've, we've done a really good job at embracing a balance between the Defiant and the Titans. So here we are fast forwarding through a, a tough season, obviously, uh, more changes taking place. And I kind of look back at the year in review and wonder, what if, how, how might things have been different if, if the pandemic had not struck? We would have had homestands. I think that would have been really cool. Um, mm. We probably would have seen in an entirely different experience when it came to the Overwatch League. Uh, does San Francisco still win? Probably. All things considered, they were a tough team going into the season and they remained a tough team throughout. Right. Possibly Overwatch 2 may or may not have been closer to launch. I may not have lost this bet because it's not coming out between now and the end of the year. <laughs> um, the Toronto Defiant would have been a very popular team. I mean, as we had heard from Adam earlier, there was a team built to be on stage, a team uh, that was going to really feed off of fan energy. It's hard to feed off of when you're virtual. I don't know if the Vancouver Titans would have been as successful. The problems that ultimately caused that, that explosion or implosion, however, which way you look at it, they had been festering from some time. And it's possibly something that needed to happen to help sort of wake this organization up. But it is what it is. And here we are today. I'm going to be very honest. I've reached a point with the podcast where I question, is it worth it? Is recording a podcast weekly to talk about the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant worth it? To give you some context here, you know, the three of us get together and we record what we feel is content that helps the community move forward. And we actually feed off the community that RSP has built. Um, RSP Cord is active every day. There are a variety of conversations, many of which are not about the Overwatch League because, again, our community has evolved beyond that. And that's important to me. But then I also wonder, is it worth it to continue doing something when there isn't that sense of progress? Like, I, it's 
in all honesty, difficult to talk about a Vancouver Titans organization that, again, <laughs> doesn't return phone calls or doesn't reach out, doesn't... Like, in, in their uh, announcement for their players, they obviously recognize Platchat. I have no problem with that because that's the meme within the league right now. But what about the rest of the community? What about us? I'm being, you know, self-serving here. It would be kind of nice. The Defiant do recognize the community really well. And I don't feel that we've reached that point within their community sphere where we would sort of be, you know, recognized. But it's difficult because at the end of the day, it's not something that the three of us do because we're in it to make big bucks. Or I don't know about the two of you, but I know for me, I'm not looking to become an Overwatch League caster, an Overwatch League pro, an Overwatch League analyst, an Overwatch League leaker. I do this because I enjoy what it is, or at least I think I do, what it is we do on a weekly basis. Now, I'm not suggesting I'm pulling the plug in the podcast. That's not going to happen, at least for the foreseeable future. But I wanted to be transparent in how I feel today. And I think if there's anything that that, you know, you, our listeners, our community take from this. It's just something to consider is all of us that do what we do, do it because we want to do it, not because we need to. And maybe take a moment to consider what you might be able to do to encourage us. And it's not just RSP. There's a lot of content creators out there. Uh, weekly Uprising for that cover the Boston Uprising. Uh, the Florida Mayhem of podcast. Uh, High Noon does a podcast. Each one of us has, you know, a whole, you know, different uh, approach. And each one of us does what we do very well. But think about if we were gone, would it matter? I don't know. I'm not going to suggest that you, our listener, <laughs> would, would necessarily miss us. And there will always be someone else that will come and maybe try to take our place. But for me, it's about the community. And if at the end of the day, it doesn't feel like I'm able to grow the community, I feel like what I've done hasn't mattered enough. So that's where we're at. And I I, I sort of dropped this on Sam and on me. They're probably sitting here awkwardly like, oh my goodness, why is he saying all this? But it's just my my heart wide open and how I how I feel about things today. No, a lot of it resonates with me as well. Like a hundred episodes. Whoo. What a ride. Like, there have been many ups and downs, like you said. Some related to the league and the teams that we are covering. Some to the world as a whole. Uh, I guess that's kind of was, maybe not was, but still is, like, the the magic for this podcast for me. At least this has been, like, a, a, a sign of stability in a place I go back to a weekly or bi-weekly and that I really enjoy. And, and yeah, just, I guess it's a good time to say thank you to all our fans, those who Tune to listen to us babble on about the news or the lack of <laughs> news more often than not. And uh, those who came to watch and play to meme the patrons, obviously. And yeah, it's been it's been really awesome. And uh, it's been it's it it's not easy to create content out of uh, thin air sometimes. But I guess it's a good trial by fire. And and the better this uh, league gets, and the better that the two teams we cover get. Man, it's going to be like easy mode, right? I think when you got to go back and clip all the cliches that both of you guys used, <laughs> see what our yeah. head cap comes up to. Oh, you don't have to do that. You just can't tune in <laughs> every week. We're basically doing these cliches every episode now. So, but yeah, I think to, to echo you guys, like, I think it is definitely crazy 
people tuning in week after week, regardless of whether there's matches, whether there's Overwatch at all. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. I think today is one of those days where it's kind of like, is the season ever going to start? What game are you going to be playing when they start? Who's going to be playing? Where are you going to be playing? What are they going to be playing? Why are they playing? <laughs> um, so, so I think it's definitely been a very trying year. And, and I think we're all pretty thankful that, that, you know, we've gotten to meet a whole bunch of very cool people through this podcast. Um, and who knows what's next? Nobody, <laughs> nobody, not even Jeff. the league. <laughs> yeah. Seems to know. Yeah. Now more positively your interview. The one thing I am proud of, as I alluded to, it is the community we have. There are days that are trying because I know the RSP uh, Discord community. There are a number of people who stuck around for RSP but really weren't keen on what happened with the Vancouver Titans or potentially the Overwatch League and sometimes seem to go out of their way uh, to find the negative uh, out of what could potentially be a positive or, or sort of move on and move forward. Um, and then conversely, having sort of expanded into the the spectrum of the Toronto Defiant, the struggles of trying to embrace this very vibrant, uh, but uh, almost exclusive community. Um, I'm, you know, very proud that we have uh, a couple members uh, in RSP Cord, and I know there are those that uh, support the Titans and the Defiant that listen to the podcast. Um, and that to all of you, thank you so much. Um, we do what we do because we enjoy it. And again, it's when we start losing that joy, it becomes a little more problematic. Um, you know, it's that cliche saying, uh, mm -hmm. if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. This is never meant to ever be work, right? It's, it's not a job. We're not here to, to make big bucks. The three of us actually have day jobs, gigs that take a lot of our time. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we I do mean, it because we enjoy it. Pro, so screw you guys. Okay, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting for that to happen. Yeah. Uh, but the hope is, is that we do have you know 100 more episodes or beyond that in us. Um, I just wanted to again acknowledge it has been a tough year. Where I, I personally feel and and you know functionally what that that could mean. So again, thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you for helping us get 100 episodes. Um, you know, Sam, you'd ask like, are we doing anything special? And I had sort of said, no, I, I think let's just celebrate that we've made it 100. We've made it this far and the celebration will be on episode 200. If we, if we find ourselves getting there at some point. And Sam, we have you here. That's already kind of special. <laughs> hey man, I'm just using my vacation days. Oh, I gotcha. Mandated. Chris won't let me pull him over. Uh -huh. <laughs> exactly. It's the end with the calendar year. So we'll take another quick break here and uh, dive into the fray. So in the first time, and I don't know how many episodes 
outside of the change that we saw the Toronto Defiant make in, in letting go Baroy, no other team let anyone go in the two weeks since the last episode. So all we're going to do is rapid fire go through all the newest additions. Starting off in Boston, they announced that they have signed soon. Florida Mayhem signed OGE, Slime, Checkmate, and they re-signed BQB and Gargoyle. Houston signed Juvie. The Los Angeles Valiant signed Agilities, who we had originally said was coming here, only to find that he wasn't, because he received an offer that he had perceived as being not only better, but with a contender. They also announced that Hunter is an associate head coach and Sungwoo is their assistant coach. New York Excelsior announced that they've signed Yakpung, Bianca, Friday, Feather, Ivy, Guangbong, and Flora. The Paris Eternal signed Naga, Onigod, Neptuno, Khan, Don, Elevote, and then they have promoted Avala, who is their head coach, and essentially jack of all trades to general manager. <laughs> and then, while not an addition nor a subtraction, the Probably equally big news is the Philadelphia Fusion announced that they're going to be headed to Korea for the 2021 season. They went to Korea! This was also followed by John Spector coming out on Twitter to say that there are going to be more things announced as we get closer to the season. Now, he, he didn't suggest that there were going to be moves, but this is a conversation that we've sort of had in, in past episodes. Like when we think of the structure of the league, NA is a much larger group of teams than APAC has been, and EU has sort of been part of NA. With the pandemic still in play and the restrictions that will likely exist around travel, I'm kind of thinking there might be more teams headed to, to Korea. And a thought is that, is it possible that Toronto Defiant might be one of those? I mean, I don't know for certain, and it would seem odd, but when I start looking across some of the other teams within the league, you know, that have players, we'll get to that in a moment, the Defiant have structured themselves in such a way that it might make sense. Now, I would have never thought this would be at all possible had it not been for the Fusion announcing they're going to Korea. Like, it, it, it was quite shocking, and... I ain't going to lie. If I'm a fan of the fusion and I'm based in Philly or the area and I see this announcement, I, while I'm happy that the players are going to a safe environment, it's going to be righteously difficult yeah. to follow the team. I mean, the three of us had difficulty when the Titans played two matches in Korea, one of which Omni completely missed because, <laughs> you know, it was an hour early. And I actually got up. In time, I was so pissed off, really. Oh, yeah. You got up in time to watch the end because it started an hour early. Yeah. And the Titans lost nice and quick. Those old Jimmys are rustled again. <laughs> <sighs> Such a Why'd you, have, why'd, you, why'd you have to start him like that? Oh, I'm man. <laughs> now we're going to lose an hour. <laughs> the I could be out to lunch here, but it kind of has me thinking that there's at least one more team from NA that's going to find itself into to Korea. It's possible. Um, you know, just to quickly know, we had already said the Vancouver Titans short a player, uh, Valiant are short a player. So there's obviously a player to be added there, but a team like the London Spitfire who have in the past, you know, hinted that Korea would be kind of cool to be based out of, which is odd for a team from London. They don't have a team yet. Like they've, yeah. they have what one ish maybe. Who's their one? Yeah. 
it's Fuse. He's not going to stay because it's Korean and then they're going EU talent. Well, so I'm not really sure. Well, that's the thing. That's the rumor is they're going EU. But again, we're talking about the Vancouver Titans being in a tough spot. Uh, it was kind of uh, unofficially uh, confirmed by Avala in one of her appearances. I think it was Tactical Crouch. So Avala, who's in Paris, confirmed London? Going EU? Yeah, that they're kind of going EU as, as, as well. Uh, okay. Kind of spilled the beans on that one. Okay, that's fine. So maybe London is a go. Like, it's just, I think there will be in another team. Like, I, I, I actually wonder, doing the math, will there be sort of three sort of divisions or conferences or regions? I'll see. I think Toronto's a good guess. But the, the other thing is, is now we here we are talking news and politics again, is like Korea's had a bit of a rough patch COVID-wise last little bit. So, like, everything is an asterisk on it. So mm-hmm. they're, they're going back into almost full lockdown at the time of recording, which, again, may change by the time the season actually starts. But I don't think it's that easy to bring a team at this moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the seasons, if it does start end of spring, which it could very well do, I mean, vaccination's already well in play at that point. Yeah. There's like uh, may- maybe who knows like with the new strain it's kind of coming out at the same time of Overwatch two we have COVID nineteen too. It wasn't enough that we were playing Overwatch experts now we're playing doctors. Yeah, logic is is the proper term. <laughs> Sorry, say that once again. Epidem- ep- ep- epidemiologist. epidemiologist. Oh, now we're too. Well, you know what? English is my third language, so. Mm. I mean, I look at it this way. We're we're as capable epidemiologists as we are as owl analysts. I mean, we do most of our heavy thinking in, in and, and we can. And, and we got to episode 100, right? So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's let's do uh, 100 episodes on strains of viruses. Oh, no. You know, I played Plague Incorporated on my iPad. So. Ready, set, ready, set, Plague. Well, I, I bought the board game Pandemic for my buddy, so, you know. See? See? Well, we're experts now. Play Gink? It's mm. a good game. Yeah. Uh, back on Owl, though. Um, the New York Excelsior, I think, are, are putting together a pretty interesting team. Um, I'd like to suggest it's a solid roster, but as a collective unproven. Mm-hmm. You've got Paris... I think putting in a very capable roster, but again, unproven. Uh, Florida seems to be looking to build some stability. But at this point in time, I, I still have yet to see really any team put together a roster that says we are top tier San Francisco shot capable. Yeah. You know, Dallas looks good. Yeah. Sure. Shanghai maybe, but it, it's, the thing about the league, and, and I think this sort of goes even beyond league into contenders, the talent pool that exists is significant. Like, I see far too many people who have extremely hot takes of this player is no good, they're washed, they're this, they're that. The interesting thing is most of us that might say that we're just fans and really at the end of the day, how much do we truly know? I mean, we're poking fun at the fact that, you know, we're epidemiologists because we you know do all our thinking in the, in the washroom. The point being is that we have as much perspective as the next person. And there is a lot of talented 
Overwatch League players in ladder, in contenders. And when it comes to a esport or really any type of team sport, it's the collection of pieces that make things successful. Look at just Al Season 1 as an example. Just having a very successful group of players doesn't mean it's actually going to translate to league success right. if they don't function as a unit. And that's where you look at a team like the Vancouver Titans having picked up Runaway with a functioning unit that came and performed really well, but then split them up individually. Not all pieces equal to some of the previous parts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it seems like I've talked about this every time I come on now, but the, the league is kind of shaping itself in a way where, where there's maybe five or six teams that really want to go for the title. And then the rest of them are, are what we would, generically call rebuilding years but what we've seen from al is there's no such thing as rebuilding there's only break down and re like you know make new right it's mm-hmm. not like you're building on top of something you you had last year a lot of times majority of rosters get over tossed so so like i think that's the the hard part is when when you're a fan of a middle tier team that doesn't look like it's going to be contending um and you can kind of tell that from from you know mostly contenders uh, players or, or rosters of, of players, which are, are lesser known and you're trying to take a chance on them. I'm not saying they can't do well. I'm not saying that at all. Um, but outside looking in, it doesn't look like they're trying to have title aspirations this coming year. Right. So like what do those teams sell their fan bases? Like what, what, are, what is the traction piece? Right. You can't be like, let's watch shockwave grow and he's going to be the stud. Cause you know, next year, go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, same with all these other different stars that have now, now, you know, made a name for themselves and, and moved up. Right. I think the good thing about what's going on right now is it's given so much opportunity for these really, really talented quote unquote owl level players um, that, that previously didn't have a chance because of the broken right. contender system. Now they're kind of getting a chance to, to shine and prove that they can be professional, you know, esports professionals um that's i think a really cool piece but there's like a gap missing in the middle where it's like okay if you're not upper upper echelon and you're not you know contender or rookie base salary you know people there's a whole kind of like middle middle ground kind of you're you're maybe average above average owl level and those people all don't have jobs right now um and i think that's something that the league really needs to focus on because because is is Al the collection of the absolute best I don't know how many players in the league for 300 players are they the best 300 you know uh, Overwatch players in the world in Al I would argue maybe not right and that's no disrespect to anybody who's in Al I just think that there's there's things that are beyond the players control that have now kind of pushed out a whole segment of people who, in my opinion, should be in a professional Overwatch player setting. And I find that, it, while that's true, I, I feel like that is a product of, of different experimentations that went down in the previous season. And, and I find, like, uh, uh, the Overwatch GMs and, and like, front front office staff are kind of looking at what, what went right and wrong in the previous years. And this is certainly a new phase. And like you said, there's a bunch of players that are kind of uh, finding it really hard to find a spot. 
But if that doesn't work out, then maybe in uh, in the next season, the pattern will be entirely dif- different again. Uh, will we go back to signing whole squads? Will we go back to, uh, you know, the known commodities? It's really hard to say. And I think that at, at a time where when, like, uh, the league is top-heavy, not, not – I'm not saying that there's not a lot of talent right now, and there's certainly way less bad teams in the league, but certainly there are uh, very few uh, true title contenders. That's why I think people uh, are realizing that we they need to kind of change a course and they can't really not change enough, right? They, they, they try to make something more uh, risky, perhaps. Right. Which which is fine, but like there's certainly a pattern of more experimentation going into this year, right? And I think you kind of you kind of you kind of kick something off for me is is like I think a question for for anybody listening is like what does success to the team you, or teams right. you or right. what is, what is success right? Because only one it's team it, wins, and 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 any league is the same. Like uh, in in NBA NHL, there's definitely there's there's this uh, bunch of of teams that are not like absolute garbage and like all only like praying for the lottery from the moment that the league has started uh but there are a bunch of teams that they know that they cannot really compete for a title unless something really crazy happens which is always uh, out there but like let's not fool ourselves unless there are like some <laughs> well, injury that, that, problems or strategy though right yeah. but, uh, like, you, you want zion or, or you want right so that a couple i years mean if I actually scour now, I'm looking at the um, at the rosters, uh, and there there are actually quite a lot less rookies this time around than in the beginning of last season. Um, qu- quite a lot less in, in, in every team. Maybe it's a, it's a pattern. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I think the yeah the element that's missing is is there's no. If if your bottom last, I can't remember who that finished twentieth in the season. Was it uprising? Yeah, they, uprising. Like there's no there's zero benefit to them having finished last to help make them competitive again, right? Like right. And that that is is a uh, I don't know maybe it, I don't even think it's a, a frontier problem, but it is a problem for the the nineteen other teams that that don't win. What kind of continues them to? to drive on forward, right? Is the guarantee of their, their franchise player. And we're fans of those franchise players and they're going to stick around and they're going to represent Philly or soul or whoever, right? We've seen that kind of go away a little bit this year too. And, and, and not to like diminish other teams. And and I guess the the two teams that we're covering are part of it, but there is no glorying being San Francisco shock or, or, or the Shanghai dragons without those other teams. Right. Mm-hmm. The league is all leagues are consisting of all those teams that you got to beat and, and go through, even if like they're not a threat, it's still something that makes a championship worthwhile in a way. So you got to have those teams in the middle too. Yeah. I mean, the, the point of what's there to strive for, obviously it's right. teams want to win a championship. Now, can all teams win a championship? The argument is, is that everyone has an opportunity. In participation medals <laughs> yeah but that's the thing in truth some teams have a better opportunity than others based on the talent that they have and the systems they have in place i mean it, there's a lot of that going on one of the things though and we consider about the league you know sammy brought up a good point like if you're a boston uprising what advantage do you get not finishing all that high up in the in the table or in the standings 
nothing <laughs> outside of that, that feeling of potential shame that you want to go and, you know, deal with, or if you're the Vancouver Titans or whomever you might be. Now, something that's, you know, present in North American sports, and I'm talking about traditional sports here, is this concept of standings where there is a an impact. If you finish at the bottom of them, you're then rewarded with a higher draft pick. Well, there's no draft in the Overwatch League, so there's no no reward for finishing last. But then you look at a lot of other sort of international sports. While there are standings in play, the there is actually not so much a reward uh, to finish in the bottom of the 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 table or the standings, there's more of a punishment with promotion and relegation. Mm -hmm. I genuinely wonder if a system of promotion and relegation were to exist in eSport or in the Overwatch League, if that would actually help funnel talent a little bit better, but also force organizations to actually create uh teams to protect their investment. And I, I know that it'll likely never happen because there's this yeah. strong adversity in, in North America specifically uh, with the concept of being, I paid how much money for this franchise? How dare you exactly. take this away? But I would counter that by saying, I'll use like you know, Europe as a great example. There are significantly high franchise and transfer fees that teams pay to try to prevent relegation from happening. So, you know, it's, it can work both ways. I'm not, I'm not suggesting it's the, you know, the, the, the silver bullet, but. Yeah. And I, I think there are other esports that are trying, and I'm not here to say one's better or not, but, mm -hmm. but like one example that, that for example, overactive media participates in the flashpoint, right? Flashpoint has, I, I can't remember how many teams, but like seven teams are bought and then two teams, like they have to, they have to go through heck to try and claim those spots. So in theory, if you're, you're a non-sponsored team, like you're not phase or you're not whoever, I don't, I don't know the teams. I don't watch counterpoint. I got a counter strike, but um, like you can still have a shot. So in theory, like second wind could have a, a owl team if they perform up to certain standards, mm -hmm. right? Like that could be, that could make things interesting. Right. Um, another, another esport that does it a little bit differently is, is uh, 2k basketball where I think they have like two or three roster spots reserved that they can hold. So, so whoever your franchise players are, you hold those players and then everybody else gets redrafted or, or goes into the free agency pool, right? Mm -hmm. Like that could be interesting where it's like, okay, if that's you're, cool. if you're last place, you get first pick, right? Like, like mm -hmm. that, that starts coming into play. So I'm, I'm saying like, there's, there's more than just what there is now. Right. And I don't know if the league's exploring any of those things at all, but I think, Right now, it's like, okay, as long as the Shock, as long as the the XL and, and a couple of other teams that want to spend that money keep spending that money, what's going to take them down? I think I think there's a feeling of, of fatality a little bit. Fatality? I don't know. Fatality. Yeah. Um, the one other note I wanted to touch on was as to, you know, going and in, in acquiring an entire team or roster out of contenders there's money involved in acquiring a roster because you're ultimately paying whomever holds the contract money to release that contract. You might say, well, wait a minute, isn't cheaper to get an entire team than it would be individual pieces. It might be, but I don't imagine teams go and pay for the contracts of six or seven independent pieces when there are free agents available. So the actual acquisition of a team, such as the Titans acquiring that runaway roster, that probably was a lot of money to get that group together 
And then you pay whatever the, the contract would be to the players. Anyway, it's possible that this might change. Like John Spector has actually said there is going to be, you know, more information. We're going to see things done differently. Um, uh, Adam had done sort of a sort of a year in review uh, on Twitter where he talked about how in conversations that at his level, uh, there's exciting things that are, are going to happen. And we, just like you, continue to wait to, to see and hear what those happen to be. Talking about the actual game, though. There's been a number of patches uh, since our last episode. Uh, the first patch, which is the one that I'm genuinely surprised got put into play, but Reinhardt is now the greatest hero in the game, bar none. He His buff is fabulous. I swing that hammer and I essentially delete anything that doesn't have armor, which is awesome. Like Zen, it's like a swing and a half and he's dead. Well... Should usually a Zen should be far, far away from those hammer swings. Oh, not the <laughs> way I play Reinhardt, man. I'm going, I charge oh, to the back line to get the squishies. Um, but I actually really enjoy playing Zarya now because uh, Reinhardt mains finally are going forward a little bit and they get so much charge. The the patch pushed through essentially the changes that were on, I think it was experimental at the time. Uh, you got the Reinhardt buff, so he's got a Boost to not only his his primary damage, the hammer swing, he's also got, you know, buffed with a little extra uh, health and armor. So, you know, his HP's gone up. Uh, D.Va had some adjustments. So I don't know if you would call this a nerf or a buff. I mean, it really depends on the perspective, but her armor and uh, shields have uh, been adjusted. Uh, And then Baptiste got nerfed. This one I found kind of interesting, but I think, it has more to do with how the last buff that took place might have elevated his ability to deal damage. Um, and in turn, it uh, made for awkward situations. One, uh, when that disc got thrown, uh, the fact that everyone was in, invincible for such a period of time. And meanwhile, Bat standing there just pumping out damage and heals at the same time, yeah, generating his ult. Um, and then the other component that uh, has happened is the priority pass, which if you have not yet seen it is Activision Blizzard's, uh, way of getting you into the DPS queue. How it works is instead of going and selecting like in, in QP or whatever, I'll play whatever role. There's now a, a priority pass role, flex role. When you select it, it puts you into the quickest game possible. So it rewards someone like me who doesn't really care. And it awards you priority passes, which then, again, you can use to go into the DPS queue specifically. And instead of having like a seven-minute queue timer, it's possibly a one-minute queue timer. The problem is there are... Or like four. (laughs) Well, yeah. I was going to say, well, I don't know if you saw this, but depending on sort of your skill level, so many people were using the priority pass system. So somebody had acquired them and started to use them. At one point the priority pass queue time was longer than the actual DPS queue time because it actually puts you into like functionally a different system. And so there were more people lined up to use priority pass than there were a normal at one point. I don't know if they fixed that, but I appreciate them trying to find a way to bring the queue timer down for those who want to get into a damage role, but I don't know. I kind of like it. It it, it got me back into uh, playing a bunch of, uh, healing and tank roles uh that normally i wouldn't play as much just like going into the 
to, to, to pack up on those uh, passes and suddenly I like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to flex and you never know what you get. So that's kind of fun. I mean, I, I got looked at the Q timer as being, if I ever want to play damage, I do mystery heroes. <laughs> True. Um, you get, and then you get like mercy brig. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get, I hate mercy and I can't snipe. So Hanzo and would have suck, but I'll play pretty <laughs> much any other character in, in mystery heroes and not grumble about it. Uh, Winter Wonderlands Live. Uh, it is actually a week and a bit into it, which means if you have not been playing, you missed out on uh, was it Junkrat last week? Yes, the skin. Good skin. Um, but it's essentially you know the same concept as before. Get your your nine wins gets you a skin on the way there. You get a spray and a uh, uh, profile picture. Uh, this week is Gingerbread Anna, and then I think what next week is the the Bot Zen. I think no, it's or, the uh, snowman uh, hog. Snowman hog. Okay, Bot Zen's one of the new holidays. I, I think yeah, the Bot Zen is legendary, but that hog, I think it's the best epic skin they ever made. Better than the uh, the holiday seventy uh, six. Oh, that's a tough one. Wasn't that legendary? It might have been. Like I remember, like the whole like the the ugly Christmas sweater. Yeah, I think that one's a legendary, probably. Mm. Okay. But, uh, you know, there's also a new winter event. Um, essentially, it's 4v4 lockout. But the way it works is that when you get killed, you're actually frozen in an ice block. And so you can be essentially revived by any character um, if they thaw you. I actually don't mind the concept. I just find that maybe it's better now because people have become used to it. But when I was playing it in the first few days... The teams that won were the teams that were doing the thawing. And the teams that I were, was on were the teams that players didn't realize you could revive. Oh, okay. And so well, what was happening is we would be up like, you know, four to two. And then they're just, you know, bringing their two people back into the game because no one would push. Uh, anywho, here's what it is. I like the, the meta discussion of the holiday season events. Uh, well, I'm sorry. It's I play arcade so much. I'm, oh, I'm I played it too, but like um, Junkenstein's Revenge is the one that I really really like. It's okay. I'm I'm not not a fan of being frozen in Overwatch. I'd rather die and respawn. <laughs> I'm pretty familiar with dying and respawning. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other news, which is actually very surprising to anyone who's been paying attention to the state of the game. There's currently a new free-for-all map on uh, the PTR, uh, Kanazaka. Now, this is somewhat of a surprise. And uh, Uncle Jeff, he, he the way he explained it is they had a, essentially a new uh, person join the, the team. Uh, they threw them into the... Um, was it the workshop to go and learn how to build things or something along those lines? And this person built essentially the concept for a new map. Well, the actual map design team liked the concept so much. They're like, you know, let's actually put some spit and polish on this sucker and potentially roll it out. So this one person did this. Now it's going into game. So Kanazaka will come out likely before Overwatch 2 will launch, which if you're keeping score, we've kind of been under the you know, belief that nothing new is ever going to come out until Overwatch 2 is released. 
I haven't played it yet, but those are always like very bittersweet for me. Not because I'm like not playing FFA or, but man, if you already like putting up a new map, put something onto the like you know the the competitive or quick play uh, uh, rotation. You mean the but, game? Well, yes. <laughs> the thing is though, like they this was not like I get why it's FFA. Someone designed it without I, there was no intention that this was going to production. I know. I know it's just like such a tease that like it, lo- it looks really cool. I'm like ah. Well, sort of as a segue, um, Jeff Kaplan also talked about Overwatch Two as having more information at BlizzCon Line in February, and says the game has a ways to go, which is exactly opposite to every inkling that I've ever had as to the potential that it might launch sometime soon. So what? I mean, Cyberpunk has a way to, ways to go, and that yeah, one's out already. Yeah, true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. Um, I have no pro- Actually, let me not to complete the issue here. Take as much time as you need to make sure Overwatch 2 is done right. <laughs> Don't cyberpunk it. I have no problem if you're going to do that. However, it is difficult for a game that has been out for so long that you publicly say, hey, we're simply sort of maintaining <laughs> until the new one comes out. Because then it's like, well, what what's the draw? Eventually, you know, player numbers potentially will start to really, you know, fade away. Um, And that's sort of the the concern I have. But why I sort of, you know, segue into the Overwatch 2, you know, talk. There are two skins in Winter Wonderland that are different than other skins. If you look at the Reinhardt train skin and the May penguin skin. Yeah. Um, I can't, there's a Reddit post, um, but someone actually did an analysis of how those two skins are significantly different in their design, um, their, their lines, the sort of the, you know, body mechanics than any other player skin. And the thought is, is are we seeing Overwatch two skins find their way into Overwatch one? The, the, the keen eye of Reddit detectives always amazes me, but I saw the post and it, it, it looks like it. Yeah, the silhouette, everything in terms of like the major uh, redesigns that they did to the base models of those characters, it definitely seems to be the case uh, for these new skins. Mm-hmm. Which, again, this is why I'm, I'm so conflicted. Like, yeah, Jeff says it has a ways to go, and, and that's code with you know, his Blizzard's history of being uh, sometime in 2025. Yeah. But then you have a skin show up in the game. Like the May skin looks, you know, quite a bit different. But then you look at the, like the Reinhardt skin. Like Reinhardt is like, it, you. it's noticeably different. Yeah. I guess we'll have to wait until uh, BlizzCon. Yeah. BlizzCon line. BlizzCon line. In February. I- I hate puns. Are you guys going to dress up as Murlocs <laughs> to join the virtual March of Murlocs? Oh. <laughs> I have no idea what any of what you said in that sentence means. The wow thing. Those are just little creatures, right? Yeah. Yeah, those. Yeah. Anywho, episode 100. It's in the can. Here we are. Days away from a much-needed holiday break. Um we're going to return in the new year, obviously. Again, I know early in the podcast shared some 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 heartfelt feelings. We are coming back. Don't you worry. There will be an episode 101. 
It'll be in January, and it's probably going to be a little bit out of cadence from our previous episodes. I'm thinking the second week of January to give ourselves a, an opportunity to, to rest, relax, recharge, and hopefully have more news of what's going on in the Overwatch League. It'll probably be before BlizzCon line. It will. There's also the you know bet where we have to have a basketball episode. Nice. Well, the NBA season end before the Overwatch season starts. Oh, when does it end? I don't know. NBA <laughs> <laughs> season probably going to go to like June at least, right? Uh, the way they're growing now, it doesn't seem like they're going to have any off seasons at all. <laughs> just just keep going. Going. Hey, this is pretty good. <laughs> go again. <laughs> oh. But yeah, here we are. What a year, guys. Yup, definitely. The year uh, where Overwatch uh, 2 didn't come out and Space Jam 2 also didn't come out. Uh, Coming to America is uh, out in February. But we got Tiger King. Mm, true. <laughs> true. What do we, you know, we got the, okay, Mandalorian. You guys are watching Mandalorian? I hadn't watched that one yet. Uh, okay, you should, I mean, if you're not a Star Wars fan, I totally get why someone might not be interested, but it season two was really, really season one was good. Season two was really good. I I am. I was just too lazy to get like another subscription service. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh yes, I used up all my free trials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll come around to watching it for sure. Yeah, and make sure you watch that. Um, I watched uh, Queen's Gambit. I have yet to see that. that. Was pretty good. I've heard good things. What's your chess player level? mine uh it's worse than my overwatch player level <laughs> that's because in overwatch you started a thousand or something <laughs> uh, that's true uh, i stick to checkers and my sr's junk there too i actually have no idea how to play checkers but i know the basic rules of chess that's kind of strange isn't it well i guess i mean che- like checkers is essentially you know i can move forward or i can jump over and ultimately, if you jump over, you get a piece. And by the time that that person is it like a flat version of connect four. Yeah. But like connect four, you block, whereas right. in checker, you, you essentially eliminate. And then if you, you know, you think about like connect four, you can only go up. And then once you reach the top, it could potentially end in a draw with checkers. You can only go one direction until such time as you get your piece, your checker to the other side. But you can eat, eat backwards. Yeah, but no, but that's the thing is you can eat backwards, but you can't you can't move right. You right. can only move one direction until that checker gets kinged. Yeah. And once it's kinged, you can go in any which tune in next know, time how Chris teaches us how to play yeah. checkers. Just watch a YouTube video, dude. Hey, I'm old enough that I like I, I remember <laughs> my grandmother, she used to play like checkers with us. Uh, we played like rummy, gin. <laughs> crib like i i played all sorts of these old school card games oh, yeah. okay. um, where do you stand on the bingo did you play bingo oh i love bingo i yeah, used to have those bingo um that's like something those... i never understood when i was a kid and i was in dollar stores like you know those bingo stamper things yeah yeah a weird fact though like my uncle is a recognized master in checkers back in the ussr Back in the US. That's the thing. That's the thing. With a completely different angle with the bingo. <laughs> no, I just I just remembered it right now. And he taught you nothing? 
No, I mean, I, I played it a little bit when I was a kid. I think now, now I'm kind of thinking he's he's sandbagging here. <laughs> well, probably like Checker uh, Shark. That's what that's what Omni is. Checker Shark. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, guys, got uh, anything lined up for for the next few days outside of the same old, which is not leaving your house and home because the world is trying to get you. Sounds like routine for me. Yeah. yeah this That's is Tuesday. Perfect. This is gamer life before quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. This is pretty, this is pretty optimal actually, but well, okay. What game are you playing, Sam? Cause it's not overwatch chess. <laughs> I did start playing cyberpunk, but I think I'm, uh, I'm a wait for a big major patch before we continue. And I'll return uh, we'll return to playing uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. But actually, I did buy uh, Breath of the Wind. Okay, on your Switch. On sale, only to find out two days later that Breath of the Wind Plus is the expansion was on sale for the same price. Mm. So I've put in about Rip. 35 minutes into that. <laughs> it's a beautiful game. It is truly a beautiful game. Um, I've, I've tried a little hodgepodge of different things. So I tried cyberpunk, played it for a bit, and then I got gifted a bunch of titles in steam bomber crew, which is kind of hokey, but tough. Um, I finally played some, uh, Stardew Valley. It's a lot more complex of a game than I had thought it was. And it's not like there's complexity. There's just a lot going on. Yeah. Um, and then, um, beyond that, wow. Wow. Yeah, you, you got back on that wow train, right? Yeah, I kind of, you know, I got back into it. I'm, I, I like the story, the lore. It's what I play for. I am reaching this point, though, as to whether or not I'll continue the subscription because I'm not a min-maxer. I'm not looking to achieve the highest gear score or item level. Uh, I don't raid. Like, I just, for me, that part of the game has never been something that, that worked out well simply because... You know, I have very few friends that played World of Warcraft and um, I'm not so diehard that I can go into a raid with just any group of people that I might be invited to because the expectations are too high. It's kind of like why I don't play, you know, competitive Overwatch. Uh, You want me to play what meta? I mean, how many times have I been corrected where I'll describe the meta and someone will be like, Chris, that's dive. Uh, Just open a Smurf and don't go into chat. (laughs) (laughs) Which is our, our, our mains, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, back into War, World of Warcraft, and I, I'm in, I'm enjoying it so far. But again, it, I suck I've, for yeah, I've actually never played World of Warcraft. Have you played any MMOs? Uh, I had a brief stint in Ragnarok. Mm. That was over a decade ago. Yeah, because I I would. Like as much as WoW is one of the oldest MMOs, I don't know if it's the best MMO to introduce yourself to now. Like they make the the entry easy. They've actually really redesigned new player entry with Shadowlands. Um, so maybe maybe actually in the new sense, it's it's a good one to to start with. But you're you're playing on a graphics engine that was designed, you know, back in the the sixties. Mm. I mean, I exaggerate, but it, it's noticeably different. Um, so. that was even before overwatch came out i think yes yeah everyone's waiting for world of starcraft i'm still waiting for starcraft ghost keep waiting 
<laughs> I'm still, I got that pre-order on, man. I'm still waiting for a good sequel for StarCraft Brood War. <laughs> That's not happening. At least in, in terms of lore. I mean, I know the game is pretty good, but the story keep, is garbage. In those. Keep brooding. Well, I think I think StarCraft 2 is done. I think the... Oh, yeah. Right? Like, there's no sequel there. If there's another StarCraft, it'll be whatever StarCraft 3 will be. Man. It's, it's kind of weird. Like, you think about what Blizzard was pumping out for a long time, and they're pretty consistent with, the, you know, DLCs, expansions, new titles. They've kind of really slowed down like diablo has one in in the can we don't know yeah. when it will come out uh they've also got a mobile game that just went into alpha diablo immortals which actually apparently is getting decent reviews um starcraft is essentially on the back burner warcraft rts who knows if that'll ever see the light of day world of warcraft is about the only title that's been getting content outside of overwatch with new heroes new maps every so often FFA map man yeah <laughs> <laughs> I always think they leave a little bit to be desired with their their IP. Like I always, I always imagined like by the time that we're the age we're at now, like there would have been at least a StarCraft movie or two, or or like a cartoon, well, or, you know, something, right? I think Blizzard wanted to get in the movie business. I mean, case in point, that Warcraft movie was <sighs> intended to be the, the the stepping stone into something greater. I mean, they created yeah. an entire movie studio. And- I mean, it's really hard to put in microtransaction into a movie. <laughs> <laughs> While you're sitting there in a seat and suddenly a Yeah, they're called Hasbro up. toys. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you've seen this scene in the movie already, so let me give you a hundred tokens in its or sorry, five <laughs> tokens in its place that you can use to cash in to get a kernel of popcorn at the candy bar. We have to there's pay this there's a lot of uh, repeats in those uh, popcorns. That's I already true. have that one. It's true. Oh, that one too. Mm-hmm. So, as we look to wrap up this uh, this episode, uh, any final words of wisdom uh, for all of our listeners? There, I've had ninety nine cool outros, but this ain't one. Have a very nice holiday. <laughs> Stay safe. We'll see you next year. Catchphrase. Catchphrase.